Uh, hi, Jimmy. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Still getting over a cold. Oh, no. Man, that was fast. A flu, then a cold? Oh, yeah. Did I not tell you? No. I got I got over my flu and then immediately got a cold. Oh, shit. Like a day later. Your immune system was compromised. Yes. And so I've just been blowing my nose. I, I was fine like two days ago. And then yesterday I just got all this uh, congestion all of a sudden back. Oh, weird. So I've been blowing my nose a lot. So if I sound... Well, that'll make for some great audio. If I sound nasally, that's why. Well, you can just do the Bakura voice this week. I'm Bakura. <laughs> uh, that's more Mokuba. Big that's brother. True. Oh, that's... It's yeah, that's me, spot Mokuba. on. That's really good. Where'd you go, Sato? God, there, Sato. Was too, there was too much of that this episode. Let me tell you. Oh, big brother. Where did he go? He's in this castle somewhere. Wish that he'd never gotten his soul back. I love having my soul back. Now I can oh. talk to, to to everyone and just walk outside of the castle and yell for Big Brother. <laughs> Mokuba Reads 1984 would be a really interesting audiobook. <laughs> the clocks are striking 13. Uh, should we talk about some Yu-Gi-Oh? Let's talk about Yu-Gi-Oh, Tyler. Your move! It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. This week, we are talking about season one. Season one question mark? Season one-ish. Episode 41, The Wrath. Of Rebecca. Con! I mean, Rebecca. <laughs> now, who is Rebecca, you might be asking? Good uh, question. Who that's a, a great question. <laughs> just like... Uh, we'll be getting to that. Yeah, just like that... That Shit, I'm so sorry. Was it the Beyonce song where she talks about Becky with the good hair? I am not up to date on my Beyonce canon. It's it's that song remember. about how Jay-Z has been cheating on her for years with Becky with the good hair and everyone thought it was Rita Ora. Nope. Okay. I don't know. Good. All right. Out of the two of us in this conversation, I am the more knowledgeable, so I will say that I am correct. Uh, you can get in touch with me and Twitter at JRBSFX. Hey. Uh <laughs> So, Jimmy, before we talk about this episode, uh, as we do every week, we like to give our listeners recommendations of something they can do with their 20 minutes beside watching Yu-Gi-Oh! Because we value their time, even if they don't. Tell me what your recommendation this week is. Yeah, so uh, it's only 20 minutes, so you can't get all the way through, but you can watch the first 20 minutes of uh, a decent show. Uh, I've been watching Star Trek Voyager, mm. um, which is, I've always... I was always kind of hesitant to start Voyager because I've heard it's the least good of the treks. Uh, but I kind of mm, like it. Is it better? Is it as bad as uh, Enterprise, though? I think that uh, might of be... Of the, what we might consider classic treks, not oh, the ca- modern... Oh, canonical treks. Treks, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah. It's it's still Star Trek. It's good. So if you like Star Trek, check out Star Trek Voyager. I like it. Uh, the characters aren't as... Well, some of the characters 
aren't as fleshed out as uh, the good characters on other shows like Deep Space Nine, which is my favorite Star Trek. Um, but it's still fun. They get up to all kinds of crazy shit out in the Delta Quad- Quadrant. Um, yeah, check it out. Nice. Do you... This is my problem with Star Trek in, in general. Do you recommend any particular episode that, like, if somebody has never seen a Star Trek, here's an episode they can jump to and, like, kind of just get into it? Because my, mm. my issue with Star Trek is, like, if you start at episode one, which is where my mind would think to start, it they tend to have sort of a slow build. I think maybe the exception there being, like, the original series. The original series just kind of, like, gets into here is what ep- every episode is going to be like. Yeah, um, we're in like, space. We're here's a planet with some weird aliens on it. Let's go yeah, and, check and it like out. you know, Kirk is gonna flirt with an alien chick, and Spock is gonna be logical, and Bones is gonna say, "Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a fill in the blank." Like all of that happens in episode one, but I feel like um, what's the other one? Uh, like the Next Generation uh, starts really slow. Like I, I personally, when I go back to watch the Next Generation now, which I've seen maybe the most out of all Star Trek, I start at like season three. Yeah, you have to wait until Riker grows the beard. Yeah, right, which is which is season two. But then, <laughs> I still give it some extra space. It does get and, so much better. And that's not because the earlier episodes aren't good. Like, I know the early episodes of Voyager are good. But I, I wonder if it falls into that same sort of slow roll sort of trap that other Star Trek series fall into. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it does lend itself more to... Um, like longer stories Mm -hmm. uh it's kind of like it's not quite in the same level of deep space nine that has just these ongoing story arcs and these multi-part uh events that are important it's not like you can just jump in and go to any random uh episode and know what's going on sure uh but yeah some of the later episodes are definitely better once you get outside of uh kazon space and the Kazon are just basically Klingons who stuck a fork in an electrical socket and their hair went all shocky. Oh, pleasant. Um, yeah. Uh, and then the, the later seasons are admittedly a lot better, but I feel like that tends to happen with almost every show. So is there is there a particular episode that you would point people to if they haven't seen a, a Star Trek? Or, or maybe really, we'll say like Voyager. None really stand out to me. Um there was a pretty good episode where they finally contact the uh, Federation for the first time. Mm. I think I remember liking that one. Okay. After being stranded in space for uh, like six years, they finally get a message to the other side of the galaxy. Let them know they're still alive. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. I I don't remember what the name of the episode is. I'd have to go look it up. But okay, but that's like that's like later on in the in the series. Yeah, cool, awesome. And just skip the episode. There's a really there's an episode that's so bad. It's basically been struck from oh, Star I, Trek canon. This is just as important. What's the episode we should skip? <laughs> the episode where they finally go to warp ten uh, in an experimental ship. And occupy all parts of the universe simultaneously. And um, that basically transforms one of the crew members into... He basically absorbs all this time energy mm-hmm. and evolves millions of years in like a few hours into this lizard. 
and then he kidnaps the captain, and then they take the ship and go to warp 10 again, and they both turn into lizards, and they go to this distant planet and have lizard sex and deposit their lizard babies into this mud pit. And then and they what, come back and everything that, is fun. What part of that is bad television? <laughs> I'm not hearing the problem here. And then they just go back and everything is fine and they don't mention it ever again. Skip that episode or just watch it so you can appreciate just how bonkers it is. All right. All right. That sounds good. <laughs> I think I might just skip straight to that now on your uh, your anti-recommendation. It's my anti-recommendation. What is your recommendation this week? My recommendation is, uh, as you know, one of my favorite things to do when I travel is to eat. Uh, I like eating all kinds of different foods. I like so you don't starve to death in foreign lands. Yes, well, that is something that, you do when too, traveling is eating. But I, but I like, you know, sort of enjoying the things that I eat and sort of tasting whatever it is that they make and wherever I go. And so one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is my biggest disappointment with moving to England is the local food obsession. Food is gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's the local obsession with mayonnaise. Really? They love mayonnaise here. There's so much mayonnaise everywhere. It's on everything. Every burger, uh, you get it as a side with everything. Where where else do you get it, Lauren? There's one version of mayonnaise disturbingly called salad cream. Salad cream? Yep. It's it's kind of a runny, squeezy mayonnaise. I figured out what it it is, actually. I figured out what it is. Do you remember Miracle Whip? It's it's shitty Miracle Whip. Uh, for but, okay. salads. For yes, they put it on salad, just straight. Right. Huh. The, you you can get it. You can put your you can put your fries in it. It's everywhere. So, I've been thinking about that a lot, and I've been thinking about how another thing You've that people might know about me. Mayonnaise. I have, I have, because another thing that people might know about me is one of my resolutions for the year of our Lord 2019 is that I'm going to make a signature sandwich. The Tyler. Yes, I I am going to I am going to develop and and make a recipe for and and have and own my own signature sandwich. And I've been thinking about this a lot, and I've been thinking about mayonnaise a lot, and uh, I've realized that a good sandwich needs a good sauce. So my recommendation this week is to spend just a little bit of time, just, just about 20 minutes, making your own signature sauce. Out of what? Just junk I have lying around? So kind of so i did some googling right and i was looking into like what goes into like a signature sauce that you'd see at like a restaurant right like they have their like secret sauce donkey sauce yeah which is just garlic aioli uh so (laughs) hi i'm guy fietti uh i i found a recipe that's supposedly the original recipe for mcdonald's signature sauce that they sent out in a booklet to managers saying here is the recipe in an emergency situation where the prepackaged stuff that you get of sauce runs out, right? You can make emergency sauce. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so uh, quarter cup salad dressing. It's that sour cream that Lauren was mentioning. Uh, quarter cup mayonnaise. Three tablespoons French salad. Half tablespoon sweet pickle relish. One and a half tablespoon dill pickle relish. One teaspoon sugar. One teaspoon dried minced onion. 
one teaspoon white vinegar, one teaspoon ketchup, eighth teaspoon salt. So like a dash of salt. Essentially, the way to make a signature sauce, what I'm realizing here is take your three favorite sauces, mix them together, and then like add, you know, if it's if it's going to go on a burger, add some pickle relish. If it's going to go on a salad, maybe add a little bit of lemon juice. Literally just throw shit together until it tastes good, and then you've got a signature sauce. So the thing that I've realized is even though restaurants call it a signature sauce or a secret sauce or whatever, like you can basically recreate any sauce that you've had at any restaurant with some combination of like mayo, mustard, ketchup, and like a couple of common household spices, mm-hmm. maybe some pickle relish in there. So my my recommendation is to spend 20 minutes, pick a sauce that you want to replicate that you've had in like a restaurant and just make your own. And then you have it at home in like a mason jar or something. Anytime you want to make a sandwich, you want to add a little add a little pizzazz to that sando, you got your own signature sauce. Well, that's a great idea because I was just, as you were talking, I was just thinking about what my favorite sauce is in a restaurant. And it's that, um, that sauce that Burgerville puts on their burgers. And so I just Googled it. I can even it. picture that. And uh, there's like recipes for it where you can just go and make it. There you go. I think you can also just buy it. It looks like you can. Well, but that's cheating, though. That's cheating, though, is the thing. And like, why would you why would you spend extra money for like the bits of plastic like in that packet? Because that's how it's going to come. Right. Is in those little like pre-packeted little things. No, this is like a full like peanut butter jar size thing of Burgerville sauce. Jesus. uh, That I just found on Amazon. It is currently unavailable. Well, there you Uh, go. So never mind. So yeah, so make your own, keep it in like a mason jar, you know, and then you have sauce around for when you want to make something uh, like a sandwich or a a hot dog or a taco or whatever. I don't know what kind of sauce you're making, but that's my recommendation. Uh, I also have a brief plug. I know we're going long here, but uh, I uh, was on an episode of the Party of One podcast recently. Uh, Party of One is a actual play role playing podcast, but it's focused on two player role playing games. Oh, cool. uh, so I was on uh, with the host Jeff Stormer, and we played a GM list version of Monster of the Week using a playbook that I wrote. Oh, interesting. Uh, and that was uh, yeah, it was really fun. We actually recorded it like a while ago, and I l- had legitimately like forgotten, and then it just showed up randomly, and I was like, oh, that's nice. Uh, so there's a link to it on our website. Uh, you can go find it. It's on my Twitter and everything too. But, uh, yeah, if you're into that sort of thing, that is a thing you might enjoy. All right. I'll have to look that up and, uh, listen to it. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jimmy, let's talk about this episode. Let's talk about Yu-Gi-Oh. It's time to discuss the episode. Jimmy, as we mentioned, we are talking about season one, episode 41, the wrath of Rebecca. I want to start with the intro. That's a good place to start in general. (laughs) In general, in general. Uh, How did you feel about watching the intro now that we've seen pretty much everything that happens in the introduction? Still waiting for Yugi to actually ride in on top of a dragon. Oh, yeah. Because he does that in like one of the first shots. I guess so, huh? I guess he hasn't done that yet. Like, all the rest of these shots are things we've seen just in, like, the last three episodes. 
Mm-hmm. Still waiting for him to fly in on a dragon, though. Yeah, I wonder... Huh. I genuinely don't know if that's going to happen or not. That's really interesting. I hadn't even considered that. Because a lot of the time in, you know, anime intros, they just... The entire intro is just stuff they make from scratch to look cool and get mm-hmm. you pumped up for the show. Uh, but in this show, it's just a bunch of clips that they used. I don't know if that's how they did it in the original Japanese version or if it's just in this version. But I mean, uh, that's certainly not how they did it in season zero. No. But that was a different company, so who knows? It does feel very similar to like the Power Rangers intros where it was just clips from that season uh you know kind of just cut together to be like the we're a team and we're cool and we're gonna fight monsters um but yeah i hadn't considered that one shot so maybe maybe we have something to look forward to i don't know i feel like if yugi did does actually ride on a real dragon you would remember something like that i feel like i would and i'm kind of sad that i'm not (laughs) remembering it currently but maybe i'll be pleasantly surprised uh after the intro, the first thing we open up on on the actual episode here is the exterior of Pegasus's castle. And you had a note on this that I want to explore. Yeah, uh, we see the outside of the castle and mm-hmm. Pegasus's tower that is so central to the plot just does not exist. It's not pictured on the castle, no, period. There, the castle does not have uh, any towels, towers, really. That's just like those cone-shaped roofs. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no, yeah, it's all kind of low. Yeah, roofs. but there's no castle yeah. stick uh, tower sticking up anywhere. So, I've been trying to figure this out because we've talked about this a few different times. Where we'll cut to the exterior of the castle, and it will not at all match up with what we've seen previously. Like in uh, was it last episode? It was two episodes ago where we saw them coming up to the door into Pegasus' tower. must have been last episode. Yeah. And that door just straight up wasn't there previously because it was an entire plot point where they had to scale the tower to get in. Mm-hmm. So, like, why... Is is this, like, by design? Is this sort of part of the sort of Hall of Mirrors feel of, of Duelist Kingdom? Or... Yeah, there's either like a Cthulhu mythos sort of bizarre architecture going on. It's like shielding all this magic stuff from mm-hmm. outside view. Or my guess is uh, the animators never sat down at the beginning of writing the season and like designed what the castle is supposed to look like. And so every episode is just different because everyone's like, oh, shit, we need a tower in this one. Uh, oh, it's, it's just going different, over here. different artists take yeah. on, on the same castle. Yeah, this looks like a castle. Sure. There is never any like design bible of what Pegasus's castle looks like, other than kind of vague uh, outlines. Oh, I, mean, I from have episode no episode to episode. I have no doubt in my mind that <laughs> there is no design bible for Yu-Gi-Oh. Because they're just like, I guess it's kind of square and it's got these round corners, uh, walls, uh, a flat part on top. It's uh, you know, made made of stone probably. Yeah. I I had really hoped that there would be some sort of in-canon explanation for this. Like, oh, the tower is tied to the presence of, of the Millennium Eye. And, like, that's why going down the stairs was, like, able to take them to the 
the shadow game and like that's why shoddy was able to appear last episode like there's some sort of mystical connection and like now that the millennium eye has been stolen the tower no longer exists i think uh the animators just uh dropped the ball because we right. see later they go out the front door of the castle but at the beginning of mm-hmm. like halfway through this season uh they have to go up that huge staircase to the front of the castle and there's no like little courtyard area. Yeah, huh? Maybe it's a back entrance, or I might be giving them too much credit. I don't know. <laughs> I think they just couldn't decide what the castle looks like. I, th- I, yeah, okay. Anyway, we uh, zoom into the castle, and uh, uh, it's uh, Mokuba waking up. Yeah, and uh, Mokuba's waking up, and oh, uh, my soul is returned. Where's my <laughs> big brother? God Wait, damn it. Mugaba wakes up and I instantly want him to go back to sleep. Uh so the 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 gang runs back into the room just as Mokuba's waking up and they're they're yelling at Bakura, uh, who again I should mention is definitely a hundred percent evil now. Yeah. He's there there is no good Kura, only Zul. Uh yeah, he's either uh, unconscious or just like banished from this body because it's all bad Kura now pretending to be good. Right. And it's, he does, I mean, he does a pretty good job. Like he does the, the accent and everything. Uh, but they're yelling up at Bakura and they're like, Hey, is he, is he there? Is he okay? And Bakura says, yeah, he's here. He's fine. And they all they just assume up. he's fine as his soul returns to his body. Yeah. And, and Joey even says as much Joey's first words to Mokuba is, so his soul's back in his body, huh? Because, (laughs) you know, Joey is the new de facto explainer of magic. Local souls expert, Joey Wheeler. (laughs) I mean, that would be, that'd be a really fun uh, way for him to make money moving forward. You know, he couldn't win Duelist Kingdom tournament, but he can explain your soul to you. Yeah. Uh, he he can be a um, he can just come in whenever someone's having a problem with magic, and he he'll figure it out. He'll be a consultant. Ah, yes, a consulting magician, <laughs> expert in souls, a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> I did that just to hurt you. Oh, I hate it. Uh, all right. So, uh, Mokuba remembers that he has a brother. Uh, no, he, he knew the whole time. Uh, but he, he starts wondering where his brother is. He knows that he must be in the castle somewhere. And sure enough, we fade to the other Kaiba brother, Seto Kaiba in a dungeon. Yeah. He just kind of, he's in a locked cage and then he just kind of wakes up. Yep. He gets, uh, he gets kind of that like very anime wake up sequence where he wakes up angry and he's like, where's my brother? I'm Seto. I can't do the voice. You do I'm the voice. Seto Kaiba. There you go. I just got my soul back. So I'm going to find my brother. I'm going to take as many souls as it takes. That's a lot of tongue quite as well as I expected. Obnoxious voices in this, uh, this episode. There but... are because the very next voice that shows up is croquet. <laughs> Yep. And Croquet shows up and Croquet tells uh, Yugi that he's, he's sorry. He's doing his best to sound dramatic here, but he's still <sighs> doing the Croquet voice. We just like, Not my he department. Shows up, <laughs> he shows up and he's just like, Yugi, Joey. 
Yeah, that's that's a good point though. He does essentially the the Kaiba voice, but he goes up at the end of every sentence, like he's a millennial. <laughs> it's uh, it's not a tone we've heard his his voice take before, so it's kind of jarring. But yeah, he it's... shows up, and he basically says, uh, "Pegasus is still sick, uh, so he can't be here for the the uh, crowning, but." Uh, Yugi, you're the king of games now. Yeah, and it's just like, well, there, there it is. Congratulations. This is your coronation. Ta-da, king of games. You did That's it. That's it. <laughs> there is like uh, a swell of music as he announces this, but it's still just his voice saying that Yugi is the king of games, so <laughs> it kind of ruins the effect. Yeah, it... <sighs> It's like I'm trying. I'm trying to think of anything even remotely cool that I've done in my life that it feels like. I mean, I guess it'd be like graduating college, right? And you've been like doing all this work, and you're leading up to this thing, and then like you're getting ready for graduation. It's the day before graduation, and a stranger that you said three words to comes up to you and says, uh, "Oh, hey, they couldn't do the graduation like normal, so there you are." And he just like hands you a slip of paper. That's clearly like a handwritten note saying you did it. Yeah, it's been Xeroxed. Right. It's just a a really crappy printout of like someone else's diploma. Right. <laughs> they've, they've sharpied your name onto yeah. it. You are now a college graduate. Congratulations. He does get, he gets a card. You are now though. king of cinema and media communications. Uh, Joey or Joey Yugi does get a card. Uh, he's handed a, uh, a very fancy card called the ties of friendship, uh, which is a, uh, a one of a kind card that's painted by Pegasus, uh, which is cool. Like that's, that's kind of neat. It's like a hand painted sort of gift. Yeah. And croquet like pulls it out in this like super fancy, like plush box that you would like keep like a giant jewel or something in. I do have to wonder though if it, if it's hand painted like that shit's not going in his deck, right? Yeah, like, I he... was wondering what what's he going to do with his card? Is he going to put it in his deck? Is it tournament legal? What's it even do? Uh, I mean, we don't get to find out. Pegasus is like the dude for making up cards that no one else has that are still totally fine to play. So yeah, this is the only card of its kind in the entire world, right? Which means Yugi's definitely going to play it. I mean, come on. Yeah, we've definitely got to see this, like, next episode or something. But Yeah. Uh, and uh, he also hands Joey a check for $3 million because of... Does it specify uh, the... $3 million? Uh, yeah, somebody says it. Okay. I forget who. I don't think it was Croquet that says it. I think Taya might have said it. But they do specify $3 million uh f that joey is now going to use for his sister's operation yeah which and tristan I... reminds joey and us to the audience that yes you can pay for the operation now yeah Thanks, and joey's tristan. basically like oh yeah <laughs> to keep her from going blind but he does say finally that she's going blind which i think might be the second time that we've said it in 30 episodes and i just want to reiterate it because this is validating to me I'm not crazy. That was what was going to happen this whole time. They weren't. They 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 were acting like she was going to die this whole time. And I remembered vaguely from 30 episodes ago that she was <laughs> just going blind. 
And I started to second guess myself. I started to feel guilty. I was like, wait a minute. Maybe she's actually dying. Maybe I'm being too cruel about this. No, she was going blind. I'm justified. Uh, but it's great. He got the money. He can help save her or whatever from blindness thing that tons Losing of people live with. I don't know. Uh, and then I do Taya want to realizes that the, oh, go ahead. Uh, the envelope that um, he gets, the mm-hmm. seal is the millennium. Eye, oh, I didn't it's notice like this. the imprint of like what you would expect to do if like you took the millennium. Eye and put it in a seal. So I'm wondering if, he seals his envelopes by just like sticking it into his eye. Uh, yeah, uh, that's that's oh, the that sound bad effect audio of, for a bad of... visual reference. So just picture me holding an envelope to my eye. Uh, yeah, it's also I I realized that so Croquet goes to hand it to Yugi at first because Yugi won, and then he says for winning the the duel between. Joey and Yugi. And then Yugi like motions to have it handed to Joey instead. And he goes, here you go, Joey, just like I promised. And there's no exchanging of that card from a few episodes back where he had to like get the card from Mai to participate in the, in the duel and then use that card to, to get the money. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. The very plot important cards. Yeah, so it was they super like plot the important at the time. Of an entire episode, and he was supposed to give the card, I guess, to Croquet because Yugi then gave him the card back. It was like the what was it the the glory of the king's hand, something of the king's hand, and he was supposed to give the card, I thought, to Croquet in order to receive the the money, and now Croquet is just handing this thing to Yugi, who then hands it to Joey. Did they not put a name on the check? That's a great question, or maybe it's cash. Maybe oh, it's maybe just, it's cash. Maybe it's just thick with bills inside there. That would be. I I don't even I don't know. I mean, this is taking place in Japan ostensibly, so I don't know what like the largest denomination of bill they have is. Well, I mean, it's probably a check, a blank. Check. Yeah. Well, I think I think they said check is why I have that in my mind. But yeah, it could be like, you know, what would that be? Three hundred three hundred million yen. Three, 3 billion yen maybe I'm not it'd sure it'd be a lot of money it'd be a lot of money I mean it's a lot of money regardless right yeah. so yeah I think it's a check but I, I just I it makes me wonder how how if, like Croquet knows all of their names but it makes me wonder if he can place which name belongs to which face <laughs> on these children like he's just sort of handing the check out there into the world and saying and here is the money that someone won yeah, one of you guys with weird hair won all this money. <laughs> when do you take uh, this? Yeah. So Joey takes that, and he's relieved, uh, <laughs> which is great. One of my favorite parts of this whole episode, Croquet then just says, now, we'd like you all to leave. And then he just fucking turns and walks away from them. I mean, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> that's how I want to end some parties sometimes. Like, I'm glad you all came over, but now we want you to leave. Get out of my castle. Get out of my house. Party's over. Tournament's over. And it's at around that time that Taya realizes that they have another reward waiting for them back home. Oh, well, it's grandpa. No, it's not fucking friendship. Oh, yeah, it's friendship. But no, it's it's grandpa. Grandpa, if, if Mokuba has his soul back, then that means 
that Grandpa must also have his soul back. And Yugi is so excited to go pick him up from the hospital that he's definitely at, that they definitely took him to, that they definitely didn't leave him on the side of the road. (laughs) I'm still still upset about this. You laughed at me when I brought this up a couple episodes ago, but I am still upset because they do not show him getting checked into that hospital or like the kids having to explain here is my soulless grandfather. Uh, they just fucking go. Right. So we're yeah. left to assume that he is only at the hospital because somebody found him collapsed at the game store days later. Yeah. Who knows how he got there? The show's certainly not going to tell us. <laughs> I am. I am upset about it. Have you noticed you know, who's the, not uh... upset about it? Grandpa. The animation in this episode is different when it comes to Yugi. Did you see his face? I did. There was something different. I couldn't put my finger on it. Uh, well, the entire rest of the series, he's had that kind of sharp, angular face because uh, that matches his hair and he's just a very like straight lines everywhere. But mm-hmm. in this one, it like zooms into his face when he remembers Grandpa and he suddenly got these like full rosy cheeks. And he looks oh, like yeah. an actual like little kid. He's got some yeah, baby does, fat to him. It does skew a lot younger this episode for some reason. I wonder if that's like their way of communicating, oh, he has less stress now. Does that make sense? Like he's yeah. he's done the thing, so now he can relax. I think it's just a different animator's take on him. I mean, yeah. I, yes, obviously. <laughs> That's going to be the There's answer to basically any question we have <laughs> regarding the art here. Show. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. I didn't, I don't think I noticed that at first, but that makes sense. I knew I could tell that there was something different. The other thing that's different here is like when they go, they they go outside the castle, and at first I thought that like Joey's hair had gotten darker suddenly, but they do this really cool thing where when they leave the castle, it's sunset. Yeah. And the orange hue, they take that into account with all the coloring in this scene. So everything's a little bit darker, a little bit more orange. Uh, and, oh, and you just sent me a picture of babyface uh, Yugi. You know what he looks like? What? Looks like a Bulbasaur. <laughs> I can kind of see it. He does. He looks so much softer than usual. And he has, yeah. like that anime almost like kitty cat sort of mouth uh you know what else he looks like you know that you know that um uh i don't remember what the original video is from i just remember it as a vine but it's that it's that two animated dinosaurs uh where the one's going oh my god are you talking about me Yee. <laughs> and then it's it's the first dinosaur that's singing and the second dinosaur goes yee and then the second or the first dinosaur like looks at him with just like a straight mouth just right absolutely full of just it's absolutely that tired face of shit. it's that face that yugi has <sighs> i just googled yee and yeah i i can i see it Hold on. <laughs> let me pull up an image i'll put this on instagram yeah, please do. This is this is good good stuff. This that's really interesting. Yeah, I I I it's one of those where you can kind of tell at first that something's different, but if you're not looking for it, it's kind of hard to spot. So that's yeah, it's a really good catch. Yeah, it's exactly that same energy. 
Where is the lie? So the gang takes Mokuba and starts wandering around outside the castle, and Mokuba can't shut the fuck up. He is just talking constantly. Is that like a side effect of getting your soul back because you just become like incredibly annoying? I guess. Yeah, I even have a note in it here. We've had a lot of greeting voices on the show, but like this episode with Mokuba, he's like yelling. He just steps outside from the castle and just starts yelling for Kaiba. And it's just so obnoxious. And like, it, you know, nobody bothered to tell Mokuba like, hey, you've been in a dungeon this whole time. Like, that's probably where your brother is too. Like, Yeah, he's probably why- back in this castle we just stepped out of. Yeah, why would your first instinct be to go outside and start yelling? I mean, it works, unfortunately. Like, that yeah. was a good instinct to have. But Seto, big brother! <sighs> Where's my big brother? Babysitting Mokuba must be the fucking worst. <laughs> it's so tedious. Like, could you imagine trying to tell this kid that he can't keep playing N64 and has to go to bed? No, I want to play Gex. Big Brother would let me play Gex 64 <laughs> until 10 p.m. But Why it's only seven. Gex of all things. I don't know. That was, I just thought of N64 games. And I just thought of Gex 64 the playing in the basement from, at my friend's house. The one and only thing I remember from Gex 64 is the loading screen where he talks about getting ready for nude size. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because he's a gecko and he's always nude. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's why it's funny. I don't know. I thought it was funny at the time when I was seven or whatever. Uh, oh, N64 games. So anyway, so he's yelling and he's yelling and he's yelling. And then well, he's, he's not funny, dude, like he's not fully nude. He's wearing a tux. Uh, jacket, but then he's nude from the waist down. Very important distinction. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. No. No shoes. No shirt. No service. I, I guess that still that still qualifies. Uh. So so they're wandering outside. Mokuba's yelling and yelling and yelling, and Yugi finally goes, Mokuba, Kaiba could be almost anywhere, and he can't even get the fucking sentence out his mouth until. <laughs> A giant grand double door opens. Yeah, the who giant, should be waiting behind it? The entrance to, I guess, this castle courtyard. May is it the front entrance? We don't know. I, I, it read to me as a back entrance, and I could not tell you why. I think because I wanted to believe that it wasn't the same entrance they came in from. Probably, but I have no idea where it would like attach to the castle in physical space because the castle this whole time has been on these like sheer cliffs towering above the forest. Yeah, uh, you know, I, yeah. But there's this nice maybe, little garden out there, I guess. Maybe that's what replaced the, the tower. Maybe it's like a law of equivalent exchange thing. Like you can't, uh, no no piece of the castle can go missing. It can only be changed into a different form of the castle. It's a room of requirement except with castle parts. <laughs> it's just a, just a bunch of Lincoln logs. Yeah. It's Legos. Uh, but so the double doors open, and uh, there's there's sunlight behind him. His his jacket is 
billowing appropriately. Uh, and this he's... is the first time we've seen Kaiba smile ever. It's true. There he is. He's not Sato smiling Kaiba. wide, but he's got a little bit of a grin. Got a smirk going on. And uh, the uh, the Kaiba brothers run to each other, and they hug, and they say some bullshit about how they never give up on each other, and they were never going to stop looking for each other, and they compare locket photos, and they've got photos of each other in their lockets uh, because it's the 1800s. It's a very sweet and cheesy emotional moment. Joey almost cries. Yeah, he does uh, this weird movement where I think he's just wiping a tear away, except he like thumbs his nose and he's like something something about how they need to wrap up this 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 cheesy moment, something along those lines. Yeah, I if you couldn't tell by the tone of my voice, I did not care much for this scene, and I will tell you why. Is it because that's not how any sibling has ever interacted in the history of the world? I mean, not my siblings, surely. Uh, I love them all dearly, but uh, th- these are already more words than are <laughs> than would be said between us. Um, no, it's because I think partially it's the voice acting for me, but it's it's the way the lines are written that it makes it feel like the end of the dark night. Do you remember? So the end of the dark night, he's holding Joker upside down and Joker is talking about how they will always have each other. They can't exist without the other and they'll never like stop coming for each other. Mm -hmm. And it's the Joker doing the Joker voice being like, and then I'll set another trap and then I'll do another thing. And then, and then you'll come find, you'll punch me in the face and then I'll do that. And then I'll escape. And then you'll let me escape. And, and then Batman being like, no, I will always come for you. I will always find you. It's that, but it's Mokuba's voice in place of Joker, which I find even worse because it's Mokuba going, Big Brother, oh, I, you know I never stopped looking for you. And then Kaiba's Batman voice being like, I never stopped looking for you. Swear to me that we'll be brothers forever. Big Brother, this is what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Mokuba, it's not about what you do. No, wait, what is it? It's not who you are. It's what you do that defines you. <laughs> just this real, like, cheesy, touching moment, but both of them are just doing the worst voices. Yeah, like, puberty... Man, both sides of puberty for the Kaiba family just does not do anyone <laughs> any just... favors, right? Like, imagine what Mokuba is going to be like in, like, four years. <laughs> I'm trying to do his <laughs> voice, and I can't. Big, bro- Big. No, 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 because it... Because it just goes straight to wood chipper. <laughs> it goes it goes straight to industrial sanding machine. Yeah, there what's what is the uh the transition between Big Brother and this kind of uh Mokuba? I don't think there is one. I think that's why Kaiba's so moody. Do you know what happens when you get pu- puberty? Your vocal cords <laughs> are just it's it's a disaster zone in there, Mokuba. But you know how like how like <laughs> when you're going when you're when your voice is changing and it cracks and it gets high again? Just imagine it going from the gravelly to the high pitched <laughs> with no no in between. 
Oh God, I I'm not skilled enough to be able to like emulate anything. That's all of right. The sort. I have I have already wrecked my voice, and we are not even halfway through this episode. So Big Yugi, uh, no, pardon me. Okay, the other person who can't doesn't care for this scene is Little Yugi, because Little Yugi, his mind immediately wanders, and who should show up? The Big Yugi. Big Yugi appears as if from nowhere in Little Yugi's portable mind palace, and says, "You did it." And Lily well, there's a, says, a few things that happened before this. Uh, um, are there? Yes, this is actually hilarious to me. Uh, Kaiba says, thank you for saving my brother Mokuba's soul, just in case you forgot <laughs> our relation oh, yeah. to each other. <laughs> he is my brother. Uh, and then he fucking challenges Yugi to a future rematch oh, to decide right. which of them is the better duelist. And... Yugi was literally just crowned king of all games, like, not five minutes ago. It's obvious which one of them is the better duelist. The and guy he pulls who it off. defeated the creator of this entire game in a tournament. He pulls it off in the most fucking neckbeard way possible, where he goes, Well, clearly, Yugi, that last duel was not conclusive. I, I expect a rematch where we will both duel honorably and determine who will walk away with pride. I feel like that voice would uh, be better for Kaiba because it he's would totally be, right? just, a, a, just a, a weeb who sits in the basement all day designing his dragons. And he plays it off like, well, no, no, because that last duel was weird, right? It doesn't count. Yeah. But like... Who made it that way? Kaiba. You were the one about to fall off a cliff because you were about to lose a card game. Yeah, you literally you held a gun to your head and said, "Now beat me in this children's card game." Yeah. Like I uh, it just no, you don't get to say that it wasn't conclusive. I think that makes it fairly conclusive. Maybe yeah. more so than the fact that you still lost. Kaiba can or, fuck right I don't know, off. No, he won that bullshit. case, but still. Yeah. Hello, you're standing in front of the king of games, who is now $3 million richer for defeating the inventor of the game. Well, Joey's $3 million richer, well, but yes. still, I, I take your point. I take your point. So yeah, so that, that does happen, and then they, they walk off. And he has the best uh, closing line, too. Come on, Mokuba, let's go. My copter's waiting. <laughs> now, which dual monster do you think his helicopter is fashioned after? That's a great question because we don't get to see it. Uh, I I like to imagine it's uh, it's designed to look like the hamstrat. Ooh, okay. Because <laughs> the hamstrat like is already meant to look like a plane. I was gonna say uh, catapult turtle. Oh, maybe. But it's just the it's just the catapult swinging around <laughs> really fast, and the body is still the turtle. It's probably still based on the blue eyes, except just. It's a helicopter, so it has to be just the head of the blue eyes. Oh, so he's just yeah. flying around in a dragon head. Yeah, you're probably right. He hasn't designed the rest of the, the blue eyes white jet. Ooh, that would be cool, though, if the head sort of ejected from the jet to become a separate helicopter. That would be pretty neat. I'd be into that. Yeah. That's very anime. be very Batman. But yes, now we uh, Yugi starts talking to... Uh, the spirit possessing his millennium puzzle. Right. Yeah. So the, so big Yugi shows up out of nowhere. He tells little Yugi, Hey, you did it. I'm proud of you. Good job. 
And Yugi goes, well, thanks. I guess I couldn't have done it without your help, but I just realized I don't know your name. We've been sharing a body for how long has it been? Several months since he solved the Millennium Puzzle. That's what I'm trying to figure out. It's been a bit, right? It's yeah. been a while. Not just for us, but like for, for them as well. Maybe even a year? I mean, may, maybe, right? Like, he hasn't really gotten to know that there's a spirit possessing his body up until, like, fairly this recently. week, really. Yeah. Like, this week has been a lot of growth in that department. I'll, I'll say it. Maybe, like, since they arrived at Duelist Kingdom, maybe a week, right? Yeah. But still, like... If you're going to share a body with somebody... Any amount of time is too long to share a body with someone and not know what their deal is. And, like, you know, kids, this is just just basic protection and security for yourself, basic self-defense. If you're going to let a spirit inhabit your body uh, in sort of a timeshare scenario, get their name. Get some basic contact information. Phone number, email, Twitter handle, uh, personal references, tablets. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Uh, you know any any sort of hieroglyphic uh, uh, evidence of their uh, their previous rental history. Just dial bird, 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 squiggly line, snake. <laughs> uh, you kind of made it sound like <laughs> like Yugi is a uh, like insurance salesman. <laughs> Have you been in an accident? Do you need dual, body insurance? Do you need dual insurance? Uh, so Big Yugi finally introduces his name, kind of. He says, I have been known as many things. Pharaoh, Yu-Gi-Oh. That's the name of the show. Hey. And Yami. Finally... We get to the name that we've been using this whole time. So Pharaoh, Yu-Gi-Oh, or Yami. A, one, yeah, Pharaoh, name of the show. Great, cool, cool, cool. Uh, convenient that Yu-Gi-Oh would be found by Yugi. Hmm. Mm, is there more story here? No. <laughs> it's uh, a completely random coincidence. I do want to say, though, so I, I'm... 90% sure on this. I looked it up like a while back, but I, I don't fully remember now. So Pharaoh, his full name, he was Pharaoh Atem, which is meta that. backwards. Probably a coincidence. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I was really hoping it'd be like, oh, he's metagaming by being the spirit inside the boy. Uh, but no. Anyway, so Yami, we got his name. Hooray, hooray. Uh, Pharaoh Yu-Gi-Oh Yami. Right. <laughs> you know, your your classic PYY. Yeah. So so my my boy my boy Pharaoh Double Y uh, leaves as soon as he entered, and everyone realizes that the boat has already left Duelist Kingdom and they have no idea how to get off the island. Yeah. So that I'm wondering what uh Croquet's like plan was here. Uh, it's not his department. It's not his department. He's not going to provide them transportation off this island. I guess they're forever stuck as being hobos on uh, 
Pegasus's property. Part of me kind of wishes that like there was a there is a small part of Pegasus that was gonna pull a Willy Wonka here and just be like, and and now you are in charge of my empire, little Yugi. Well, you will take could... over the company and and live here on my island and command my Oompa Loompas. That was one of the conditions, though. Yugi could have asked for that control of the company. That's true. He didn't. That's because true. Yeah. He is a little boy, and he does doesn't know anything about running a company. True. I mean, it didn't. Souls. Yeah, I was gonna say it didn't stop Kaiba. Uh, but yeah, no, he's he's just there for his souls. Uh, please and thank you. Uh, but they realize that the Kaiba copter is gonna take off, so they rush to catch the Kaiba copter, and we cut to they're back home. Hooray! They did it. <laughs> yeah, I'm disappointed we didn't get to see them like running after Kaiba and asking to ride in his like corporate helicopter that is 100 really... percent shaped like a dragon head. Oh, absolutely. I, I really wanted the shot of the helicopter like flying into the sunset and Joey being like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> yeah, we what, there kinda, yet? what kind of ride back to the mainland did they have? I want to I see their awkward conversation in the, in the helicopter, just like Yugi in the backseat. So, so, Kaiba, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was probably... My soul is gone and I've been in a dungeon. Also... How did the copter get there? It dropped him off. Does he have like a satellite phone or some kind of radio? Was it just hovering this whole time? Did they park somewhere? It might have been. I'm trying to remember where it dropped him off at. Didn't it just drop him off? No, it was when they were uh, dealing with, uh, what's his name? Uh, The fish guy. Right? Didn't it just drop him off yes. on some random cliff and fly away? Oh, it did. So it's either, okay, yeah. So it's either got like a robot pilot or there's somebody piling it for him. Um, yeah, I mean, I would hope it just parked somewhere. Otherwise, like, it's got a big got a big gas tank there. It's been flying for a few days. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would assume that Pegasus has a helipad somewhere because he's Pegasus. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Pegasus is the kind of person who would build a helipad, like, just in case. Yeah. He's never owned a helicopter, but, you know, one day. Yeah. In the event that he owns a helicopter, and he will, he'll need a place to park it. Planning right. for the future. Right. But just like that, they're back home. So they're back at home, and Grandpa is, okay, hooray. Uh, they meet up with him at the hospital, and they hug and they're all so excited that Grandpa has his soul back. And they're like, all right, Grandpa, time to go home. Yeah, you've been in the, your soul has been out of your body for like a month. We need to get you back home so you can rest and like tend to all your stuff that's been piling up since the game store has been just abandoned, basically. <laughs> right, yeah. Ugh, all the mail. All the mail has been piling up. All those magazines. Oh, and we don't see what happens to Bakura. Presumably, he oh, yeah. just goes back to his house? Wherever I he mean, lives? probably. Well, no, he wouldn't. Because I don't think bad Kura would go back to good Kura's house. I think he'd probably... What, live in the I streets? Don't know. <laughs> well, or go... I don't know. He'd go find some cave or something to be creepy in. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. We don't know what happens to him. We don't see that. It do- it's not important to the plot. It genuinely does. It doesn't come up that this like uh, ancient supervillain is just left to his own devices. Right. So they they cut again, and uh, they cut to uh, a little later on. They're all walking home, and I guess at this point, Yugi has explained everything that happened at Duelist Kingdom to Grandpa, uh, and explains how he won and all this stuff, and how Joey helped, and how Tristan helped, and how Taya helped. Yeah, and Grandpa uh, and roasts him a little. He says, he "Oh, does. you you defeated all of Duelist Kingdom. You must have improved since I last saw you duel." Does he say that to Yugi or does he say it to Joey? Because I thought it was a burn on Joey. No, he definitely says it to Yugi. Oh boy, yeah, that's kind of that's harsh. Then I thought it was to Yugi or to to Joey. I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's just no pleasing some people. <laughs> I mean, your grandson works all day and all night just to get your soul back, and what do you get in return? <laughs> well, your soul back is what you get. Well, in yeah. your children. <laughs> uh, and all I got was a stupid T-shirt. Uh, they're walking back to the store and in front of the store is a little girl. Just some random girl with just like, some, just some rando. And she has like a push cart full of stuff. Yeah. I think it's like suitcases and things. Is that? Yeah. It looks like she went to a hotel and just stole one of their push carts that they put, uh, <laughs> your luggage yeah, on. Like the- yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like a luggage cart that she stole from someplace, which, from what we learn about her very quickly, I would not at all be surprised by. No. Uh, she uh, introduces herself as, uh-huh. uh, can you guess who it is? Rebecca, who is in the title of the episode. Hey. Uh, I love how she introduces herself, too, because uh, she calls out Grandpa. She's like, are you Solomon Moto?" And he goes, uh, yes. And what does he say? He says, and who, who might, might you, be? you be? And she goes, who might I be? I might be Rebecca. <laughs> yeah. Everyone is just like. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, that's, that's, a, that's a first name. Yep, you did it. <laughs> that's, uh-huh. And right. she, uh, her whole deal is she basically explains herself. Uh, and how dare you be in the hospital when I'm trying to get into your game shop this whole time. She's just been waiting outside the game shop uh, for an undetermined amount of time. Yeah, I guess that's true. We don't really know how long she's been waiting there. Yeah. Just trying to... I guess like three days? She's been camping out, uh, trying to get into the game shop that just says... Does the game shop ever given a name? It just says game over the door. Yeah, in the Japanese, it's turtle game shop. Hmm. Uh, like turtle games or something. That's why there's a little turtle symbol on the on one of the signs that we see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just game, I think, in the American version, uh, which is a great name for a game shop. Welcome to game. But uh, she demands to get her blue eyes white dragon card back from grandpa and says that he stole it and that he is a bad person and that she demands it back. Yeah. Um and everyone's like, what the hell are you talking about, little girl? This girl. And they're like talking to each other like, this girl must be crazy. Uh, she's And to be fair, like she also, she, so she's carrying this teddy bear and she randomly will start talking to the teddy bear and like listening to it reply, I guess, while she is then yelling at these people, demanding her blue eyes white dragon back. 
and she claims that the Blue Eyes White Dragon is a powerful card and rare card that only be, deserves to be wielded by champions, and that she is a champion, and that she is the number one duelist in America. Yeah. Are we in America right now? It's left kind of vague. It is left kind of vague, I'm realizing. I had assumed no, because Bandit Keith made such a big deal about being... American. American. Well, but... the the Netflix description for this episode specifies they do return to Japan. Oh, the, oh, okay. Well, there you go. But I don't know how much Netflix knows, or if they're just guessing. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh... But so she she claims to be the best duelist in America, to which I think it's Tristan says, wait, how old are you? And she says, I'm eight. And then Joey says, inches tall? Yeah, this girl really pisses off Joey. He is ready to, like, throw down on this child. And Tristan has to hold him back from, like, just decking her. And Joey keeps calling her a pipsqueak. But mm -hmm. whenever there's a wide shot, we see that she's exactly the same height as Yugi, which cracks me up. Maybe that's maybe that's part of it, you know. Maybe he's got some sort of built-up anger against short people. <laughs> Having to look down like at Yugi just the top of his head all the time. Yeah, he really hates having to look down at people he looks up to. <laughs> that's a good line. Thank you. <laughs> uh so Yugi remembers vaguely reading this article about this dueling prodigy from America who is like the new champion and he figures, okay, it must be this girl, I guess. Uh, and then Joey tells her like, Hey, you, you really like, don't mess with us right now. Like this guy just won the duelist kingdom and I just came in second. And she goes, no, 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 I know all about duelist kingdom. This is Yugi Moto. He won first place. You're Joey Wheeler. You won second place, but like who cares about second place? Yeah. Which, again, sets him off, and he does the whole pipsqueak thing. Uh, And, uh, okay, so at this point, because she rattles that off like it's nothing, right? Yeah. How quickly does news travel in this world that this thing that so much secretive magic shit happened around just happened, but everyone knows who won? Yeah, it clearly wasn't, like, live broadcast, because that would show all this magic shit happening, like, all over the Mm -hmm. place. Um, Right. But I bet uh, Pegasus Corporation or whatever would have announced the winner that Yugi is now king of games and that sort of thing. They put out a press release or something. Sure, okay. So the news probably broke, like, a few hours earlier. Oh, okay. It made me wonder, like, how long it had actually been since they left Duelist Kingdom, because it could be a day, it could be three days. I think it's at least a day, because they left at sunset, and this is, like, the following day because of the color of the sky. I... They actually say it later on, and I figured it out, and I'm sad about it. It's the same day. Wait, what? Yes. That was not a sunset that we watched because... Was it a so, sunrise? Yes. So here's here's how here's how we figured it out. So uh, I'll skip past this a little bit because basically this is all like back and forth and back and forth. Like the girl 
challenges grandpa to a duel, right? And she says, I want to duel you for the blue eyes, white dragon, because I deserve the blue eyes, white dragon, and you stole it from me. And everyone's like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. And they keep trying to tell her that the blue eyes, white dragon card that she wants back was torn up. But they don't. Have they you don't, noticed? importantly. Yeah, Yugi can't just like, he, he like hesitates in saying it. We can't. Uh, give you the blue eyes because and then he just trails off and she interrupts him but he just can't bring himself to just say Seto Kaiba ripped up the card so you can't have it because it doesn't exist anymore uh, right. if you got beef go deal with Seto Kaiba because he deserves it because he's a prick and he ripped up like one of four cards in the world right and she like she ignores that she just blazes right past him and she goes not nah, one of four cards in the world and I deserve it it's mine well one of three cards now <laughs> yeah true uh and uh she at one point talks as the teddy bear and says like as the teddy bear at grandpa i will eat you alive grr yeah uh that teddy bear is a hundred percent possessed right like that's the secret uh what is it like six millennium item it's the millennium teddy bear there's no way that thing doesn't have like the soul of an ancient mummy in it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> even if it's not, even if it's not like in the show that that's what it is. That's a hundred percent what it is. Like this is a bona fide haunted doll right here. Yeah. Like, what whatever is going on between those two beady little eyes is not friendly. <laughs> uh, and she says, so, "Duel me, old man, now." Right, right, and they cut before he accepts to Kaiba Land. Kaiba Land, which we've never talked about before in this series. No, it was in uh, series zero, where the the Kaiba fortune is based off of Kaiba Land, a theme park based off of Kaiba. <laughs> Apparently. Himself. To celebrate dual monsters and dual monsters alone. Is it weird that Kaiba built a, an entire, like, theme park built off of someone else's IP? I feel like he'd have to go through Pegasus to do any of this. Right, you would think so, right? But now it's Pegasus that's trying to gain control of Kaiba Corp. So it's sort of like a McDonald's situation. Yeah. Did you ever watch The Founder, the Michael Keaton no dramatization of that whole story but do you do you know the like the the story of mcdonald's vaguely so so mcdonald's was originally like two brothers that wanted to make a better fast food joint so they uh like got real sciencey about kind of the food processing Big brother i want to make better hamburgers <laughs> <laughs> sure okay uh so they make one mcdonald's Mm -hmm. uh, that does just amazingly well, right? Because they've got it down to a point where you can go and there's like three items on the menu. You order your burger. It's there within like a minute, nice and hot. Everybody loves it. It's wonderful. And uh, this this guy, uh, 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 fucking, what's his name? Croc, Crocker? Raymond Croc. Uh, and he shows up and he recognizes like, oh, I've seen a lot of fast food places, but this is sort of the best quality for the speed. Like he thinks the speed is going to sacrifice quality and it doesn't anyway. So he gets in touch with them 
with the owners, and he goes, why won't you franchise? And they go, well, frankly, we don't want to because that's too much work for us. And he goes, no, 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 I'll franchise for you. Like, teach me everything about how you do McDonald's. I'll go and start another McDonald's, and we'll share the profits. So he does that, and it works out fine. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, well, I want to franchise again because I want to make more money. And the McDonald's brothers go, no, 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 you can't do that. We never wanted to franchise in the beginning. This is like, it makes us uncomfortable. And he goes, well, okay, let me convince you. And he finds managers that like get along well with the McDonald's brothers. And what he does is, is he sells property to the managers of the franchises so that they can build a McDonald's on the property that he has sold them. Mm -hmm. And he sells it to them as McDonald's Industries. Now, he doesn't own the rights to say that he is McDonald's. But McDonald's Industries is apparently just different enough. And I'm probably getting the name wrong here, but it's some, it's like McDonald's Inc., right? And he becomes essentially a real estate mogul by selling property to would-be McDonald's franchisers completely under the nose of the McDonald's brothers. The McDonald's brothers go to sue Croc for starting all these franchises without their wishes, you're right, mm-hmm. against their wishes. And he goes, no, no, actually, I'm going to sue you because you are uh, putting a, a bad spin on the McDonald's brand that I own. <laughs> now, of course, he means McDonald's Inc. And uh-huh. they mean McDonald's, their family name. But because at this point he has more money because he sold all of the real estate, he wins the lawsuit, shuts down the original McDonald's, and then takes over the McDonald's that we all now know. And so that's the McDonald's that we know now is started off of this real estate, like, villain, basically. And then he makes up Ronald McDonald, this, like, clown character to just, like, really... Like, dig in the the boot on these guys, basically Mm -hmm. turning their family name into this clown. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. He is, in this story, he is the Hamburglar. (laughs) So you're saying Kaiboland is like a wildly successful bootleg uh, McDonald's of dual monsters. Exactly, exactly. At no point, I bet you, in Kaiboland, does it say dual monsters? But you can go and you can duel in an arena where there may be monsters that may appear to be blue eyes, white dragon, etc., etc. But who's to say? (laughs) And it just got so big, especially now with the holographic technology, it just got so big that Pegasus was too busy building his bespoke you know, one-off tune cards, Mm -hmm. but now it's too late for him business-wise. Hmm. I'll, I'll be interesting to see, um, how, uh, Kaiba and Pegasus are, if we see them later. I mean, I know we'll see Kaiba later. Yeah, we'll, we'll see them later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, honestly, I don't remember any episodes with them interacting. So if that comes up, I'll be, I'll be curious to see what happens. Huh. But, okay, so... We're in Kaiba land. 
And there's so, a little so kid I, who says, wow, a real blue eyes white dragon. And there's then there's like a grown man saying, it's just a statue, son. It's only a model. <laughs> it's only uh, a model. And uh, who should be at Duelist Kingdom? Pardon me, not Duelist Kingdom. Wow. Uh, but at Kyboland. Duelist Kingdom is a much better name than Kyboland. It is. It truly is. Uh, so at Kyboland, they meet up with Mokuba. And without hearing the question, Mokuba goes, uh, I don't know if I can get you guys a duel arena. We're booked solid for the next three months. Which, again, makes me wonder, if he's here and knows how long they're booked solid for, how long has it been since Duelist Kingdom? Yeah, were they? what did they do f- with this like tiny girl for the last however long amount of time? You, and you would guess it's been a few days, right? You would think. That Mokuba can kind of like get back into the business, that Kaiba can get back into the business and just like see what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, he, they're like, all right, Mokuba, well, like, can you do us a favor, you know, because we got your, your soul back, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Nice soul you got there. It'd be a shame if anything would happen to it. <laughs> Yugi just starts like petting his millennium puzzle. <laughs> And uh, so Mokuba gets them an arena. Because I guess it's impossible to play card games with just cards now. You have to use a massive holographic arena. Fucking apparently, right? Like, this is this is the only... This is the true, like, console wars upgrade cycle, right? Nothing's backwards compatible anymore. They have to use the holographic dueling arena. Because uh, otherwise, the cards just don't play. And... Uh, they they get to uh, the the arena and Grandpa gets on one side and Rebecca gets on the other and uh, <laughs> I saw you just highlighted your note here. <laughs> they really like this is yeah they this has escalated way too far. They need to tell this girl that there there is no blue eyes. They can't get her that blue eyes. There is no. They blue really eyes. do because they're they're gearing up to duel this girl right. Grandpa gets his deck back from Yugi. Yeah, they're about to, like, kick this little girl's ass on national TV, basically, with these holographic monsters. Right, because that's the other thing about about Kaiba Land is, like, it's part of a... It's basically like a show. Like, you go to a show at an amusement park, but it's a show put on by the other people attending the park. Yeah, it's an arena. It's an honest arena, and there's, like, seats around this thing for, like, whole groups of people to sit and watch because it's a sport it's the most famous game in the world right exactly now again if it's booked solid why is there no one there (laughs) but that's neither here nor there because getting back to my point from earlier grandpa gets ready to duel but then is too tired yeah. He just can't he can't do it. He does that thing where he like pinches the the bridge of his nose and he just he wants to but he just can't and grandpa says or and Yugi says, "No grandpa, it's okay. Let me duel for you." Uh which makes Rebecca angry, but he says, "No. He just got his soul back this morning." <laughs> now, again, Jimmy, this morning grandpa got his soul back. I completely missed that, but damn. That means that it has been less than eight hours from the last episode. 
and they've flown back to to the mainland, right? They or picked up Japan, I guess, but still picked up Grandpa from the hospital. He's still like, what state is his body in? He's who released him? Yeah, who released him from the hospital? Like he just woke up from what like medically should be like a coma or something. They're not gonna keep him. Uh, they're just like, oh, oh, you woke up. Oh, you're fine now. All right, bye. Can you just like, like if he if he snuck out, right? Which he probably would have done because it's grandpa. Imagine the doctor coming back to check on his coma patient who's been in a coma for like a week now. <laughs> He's just, <laughs> just gone. Checking the charts. Oh, how's it going, Solomon? Uh, oh. <laughs> Everything is on red alert. Everything gets shut down. You know, no one, no one, uh, no one checks. They also it, never mention paying his medical bills, but I guess that's not interesting for children's television. Yeah, you only have to pay medical bills if it's on your eyes. Oh right. <laughs> uh, so uh, Yugi's gonna play against her, and so they get into right. the duel arena, and I'm pretty sure. Uh, Kaiba designed the the their little platforms to look like dragon heads a little bit because they got like yes. little they're kind of more angular than like the podiums we've seen before. Yeah, they are a thousand percent Latios and Latias from Pokemon. That's exactly what they look like. They even have There's like blue articulated and red dragon necks heads. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they they get in their arena thingamawatsits and duel. Yeah, everyone's just, it's too far gone. They have to duel now. Everyone's just going along with it. Grandpa doesn't even know why she thinks he stole her blue eyes, because he doesn't even think to ask. Come on. Right, yeah. Nobody's asked, nobody's asked, like, where this child's parents are. Uh, nobody has, like explained that the card straight up doesn't exist anymore no one's told her that there's like magical powers at work here and this old man just got his soul back and so he's probably feeling tired and so you shouldn't duel this man that's the other thing nobody stops to be like uh no there are more important things going on in the world right now than your weird vendetta like number one none of us have eaten in 24 hours (laughs) Yeah, and remember uh, last time in season zero, I think it was, when Grandpa saw holographic monsters for the first time, he just passed out in fear. He freaking had a heart attack. That was episode one. Was that in episode one? Okay, I don't remember. (laughs) Yeah, that's how this whole thing started. (laughs) It was just like, real monsters! (gasps) And keeled over. Ah, real monsters. And so now they're basically bringing him into an arena full of real monsters. Well, you know what they say. When you get your soul back, you just got to get back on the horse. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you got to run before it can walk. And uh, sometimes you got to duel before you can... Acknowledge I got nothing. magic monsters. There it is. <laughs> yep, 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 you got it. Uh, so, yeah, so they duel. And this is kind of a boring duel. It's Thank interesting for, for like, it. yes, yeah. Did you think it was boring? This too? is a boring ass duel because the stakes don't exist. They don't. It's ostensibly over the fate of this blue eyes white dragon. But if this entire thing could have been avoided by saying, "Oh, uh, it got ripped in half," go deal with the 
the guy who runs this whole theme park who did it instead of yeah, bothering like, me. Literally, what are they afraid of? It's a tiny girl whose only known skill is a card game. Who talks to a teddy bear. Right. Who's in a? She's in a different country that maybe she's never been to before. There's no, like, she doesn't seem to be with a guardian of any kind. Just tell her, like, I don't have the thing you're looking for. Move along, please. Yeah. You don't have to answer to this child who's been camping outside your game shop to ambush you while you've been in the hospital. Just go inside but, and close the door. <laughs> but nobody questions it. They're like, oh, you think I stole this thing that doesn't exist? I'm like, you could be right. I don't know. I've done a lot of weird <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> you want to find out about your blue eyes? Why don't you duel me for it? Maybe I'll give you an answer, child. I, yeah. <sighs> Makes no sense. No sense. Uh, I did write down the details of the duel, though, if we want to talk about it. It's it's important for one story beat, and that's it. Yeah. This is uh, a duel uh, unlike others we've seen because there's, like, no actual stakes involved. Um, the only interesting mechanics is she keeps bringing out this, like, weaker creatures, and when they die, she's able to, like, go through her whole deck and bring out other creatures. Mm-hmm. Which is what happens. Yeah, it's it, it's got this whole like sacrifice ability going on, which is which is cool. It's it's yeah. a it's a neat mechanic in a card game, um, but here it it's not really played for any real effect. Uh, the other thing is, should I describe the steps of the duel before we get to it? the first card that's played causes Grandpa to have a flashback? Yeah, and then halfway you can just go through, through the it duel, real he gets fast a, because it's okay. not interesting. All right. Uh, okay, so the duel begins, and let's see here. Uh, Rebecca plays Witch of the Black Forest in attack mode, which is what prompts Grandpa to have a flashback. Yeah. He has a flashback of like some dark and mysterious figure playing the same card. And he's like, hmm. And, hey, yeah, he goes, that's an interesting card choice. And Yugi goes, that's an interesting card choice, because it's a, like a weaker card. Yugi plays Celtic Guardian in attack mode, which attacks the witch instantly and kills it, which is, again, against the same rule that Yugi reminded us of, like, six episodes ago, where they have to wait a turn before attacking, but that's fine. Uh, I do want to point out, there is uh, a minor note here. Um, mm -hmm. This is the first time anyone ever calls Yugi out on his inner monologuing. Like, it's not just a stylistic oh, yeah. <laughs> choice on the part of the show. He's just sitting there, there's blank face for 30 seconds... Uh, so we can hear his inner monologue and she is the first character to actually call him out on it she's like are you actually going to play or are you just going to stand there right yeah uh, and then when the witch dies it's her turn to take forever to play because she starts talking to her teddy bear <laughs> and her teddy bear apparently tells her that if the witch dies she gets to summon a monster from her deck uh, that has up to 1,500 attack points, which is a great thing for a teddy bear to know. Yes, come here, child. Uh, I will give you the secrets <laughs> of the card game. Uh, so she uses this ability My to name is summon... Tom Marvolo Riddle. <laughs> God. It's the... It's the uh, how many Horcruxes were there? It's the eighth Horcrux. Yeah. Is this Voldemort's teddy bear? <laughs> Uh, so she uses this ability to summon Sengen in attack mode, uh, which has 100 attack points, which is cool beans. 
Uh, Sangin looks like... Uh, can you imagine Harry Potter, but instead of magic, they use Yu-Gi-Oh cards? I mean, wouldn't that just be Yu-Gi-Oh? That would just be Yu-Gi-Oh. That's kind of just the plot of Yu-Gi-Oh, I think. He would go to, to a Hogwarts school of dueling. Which is entirely what GX is about. Yeah, because that's the, the whole plot, right? Is that he goes to, like, school to learn how to play this card game. Yeah. Is GX yeah, just... Is, is Yu-Gi-Oh! GX just Duel Monsters Harry Potter? I think it is. I think it might be. That makes well, me more interested in watching GX. From everything I've heard, it's the better series. Is it so. really? Yeah, uh, we might have to. We, we might have to. Wrong, my friend. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Celtic Guardian kills Sangin. Sangin, by the way, looks like if you left the Tribble in the washer too long. Yeah, it's like a mutated Karibo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sangin goes to the graveyard, and the teddy bear tells Rebecca that when that happens, Rebecca can pull another monster. Uh, I say the teddy bear tells her that. We don't hear the teddy bear say anything. She just will like look at the teddy and be like, oh, what's that, teddy? Teddy told me that when this thing happens, I can do this. And it's like, yeah, all right, little girl. Sure. Uh, the peanut gallery. Oh, it does exactly what I just did. They start debating the sanity of Rebecca. Uh, and Rebecca plays Tribute to the Doomed. Uh, which lets her discard a card and remove a monster from her opponent's side of the field. So she discards a card and destroys Celtic Guardian and then plays a card in defense mode. Yugi's been getting under her skin too because she just starts complaining to her teddy bear about how mean he's being. And he says, I'm not mean, I'm just playing the game. And then she's like, oh, Teddy, listen to how he's yelling at me. And Yugi goes, I'm not yelling at you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you've you've mentioned before, like, not having siblings. You kind of wonder, like, is any of the sibling behavior in the show normal? This is the one point of normal sibling behavior that is, like, instantly recognizable to me. (laughs) That conversation is something that every sibling has had at least once in their life. And it's Guaranteed. not even siblings. It's just an obnoxious no, exactly. little girl who wants a dragon card. Which, I mean, that's that's a more apt definition of a sibling than most. Uh, <laughs> so she plays a card in defense mode, and all of a sudden, like, as soon as she plays that card in defense mode, she, like, switches personalities almost. Like, leading up to that point, she's been very childish. She's talking to her teddy bear. She's complaining about how Yugi's being mean. And then all of a sudden, she plays this card in defense mode and switches to, like, Pokemon gym leader confidence level. Like, she's like, yeah, I'm the coolest. I'm going to beat you. And she's doing, like, hand gestures and, like, laying down the card. And Yeah, I was wondering how to describe this abrupt change in personalities but gym pokemon gym leader is a an, an apt way to describe it she suddenly like knows all these like strategies she's not even like looking at her teddy bear um but she's doing all this stuff that uh yugi is surprised to see and everyone is surprised to see really and they they all kind of call it out as like did she just 
does she just like have a different personality locked away in there? Like, is this a different person that we're speaking to now? Because that's a thing that happens now, apparently. Like, there could be two people in there. We just don't know. I'm saying that that teddy bear is clearly cursed with an I, ancient spirit. I But see, here's my question is, which which personality is the ancient spirit? Makes you think. Mm. Uh, so Rebecca, uh, or no, pardon me, Yugi plays Summon Skull and goes to attack. And then Rebecca reveals that the face down uh, defense mode card that she played is the Millennium Shield. Uh, to which Yugi replies, the Millennium Shield. The Millennium Shield? The Millennium Shield. Oh, the Millennium Shield. Ah, yes, the Millennium Shield. And uh, it has 500 more uh, defense points than the Summon Skull has attack points. So Yugi loses 500 life points in the recoil, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this whole interaction causes Grandpa to have another more vivid flashback because he realizes wait a second i've played this duel before with these exact cards and we have a flashback to uh an archaeological dig in egypt uh which grandpa says happened so many years ago that he nearly forgotten yeah it's grandpa and some other archaeologists just playing duel monsters in this actual this ancient egyptian tomb uh, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. This shadow and, game and... of the, with these monsters that were locked away in ancient Egypt for becoming too powerful. Well, they're playing, I mean, they're playing the card game, right? Like just straight up dual monsters. Yeah. Which really makes me wonder how old Pegasus is. It's a good if question. it's been around for so many years that grandpa had forgotten. Uh, and they're playing they're playing this card game and uh grandpa calls the other person there professor hawkins uh to which professor hawkins replies please call me arthur which is code for they're totally going to do it later <laughs> do you ship it i absolutely do do you ship these old men playing cards in a tomb yes no i really do i think that'd be really sweet <laughs> grandpa needs someone he does he does and you know like hey why not you know like they clearly have similar passions they're at a, they're in a creepy uh uh crypt playing a children's card game right like yeah they're both getting cursed by the same ancient powers <laughs> exactly exactly and uh he realizes grandpa realizes that basically card for card the duel that's happening between yugi and rebecca is the same as his duel against professor arthur hawkins all those years ago Mm -hmm. uh he doesn't really have time to tell anybody that because rebecca plays ring of magnetism on the millennium shield which weakens it a little bit but does something else to the shield that we don't get to see just yet yugi doesn't really know what to do with that so he passes his turn and then Rebecca plays Cannon Soldier in attack mode. This is basically a transformer or one of the artillery units from Total Annihilation. It's just a robot guy with a gun for a face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, gun it's it's gun face McGillicuddy. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like if uh Soundwave had like a pistol coming out. 
Ooh, yeah, which probably happened in one of the iterations, actually. It's it's like it's a midway Megatron transformation. Yeah, like halfway between Megatron and a full just straight up gun. Right. Uh, which is one of his transformations, but, you know. Uh, so she plays that in attack mode. Grandpa yells at Yugi to be careful uh, because if she can sacrifice a monster... Uh, she'll be able to upgrade the cannon soldier and attack his life points directly. Yes. I don't think Yugi hears this, but Joey is like, ah, she won't even get the chance. Yugi's, Yugi's got her on the ropes. He's going to take care of her this turn. And Grandpa's like, well, I mean. Well, not really. <laughs> not really. Uh, again, burning his own grandchild. Yeah. <laughs> uh Yugi uh, has Summon Skull attack the cannon soldier, but the lightning attack is attracted to the magnetized Millennium Shield because that's how magnets work, apparently. <laughs> it, atta- it attracts magic, but uh, the attack gets through. Right, and because the Millennium Shield has 2,500 defense, which is the same as Summon Skull's attack, nothing happens. Uh, so Yugi kind of figures like, well... We're at an impasse here. I have to figure out a way to boost Summon Skull's attack, or we're just going to stay back and forth, back and forth like this forever. Uh, Rebecca draws Shadow Ghoul. She's like, cool, that'll be useful later. Then she summons another Witch of the Black Forest uh, and sacrifices it to upgrade the Cannon Soldier, which lets it attack Yugi's life points directly, dropping him another... It's 400 life points points because she says that took you down a peg, 400 pegs to be exact. (laughs) (laughs) Which is such an eight-year-old child, like, I've been working on this line all day kind of line. Yeah, like she just recently heard the phrase take you down a peg and she's trying to use it, but she doesn't, she's not like quite there. I mean, she's getting there. I I would be pretty proud of that line if I came up with that. Yeah, that's pretty good. She's she's getting pretty good at this. It's a lot better than uh, the time a kid called me a piece of damn. <laughs> <laughs> what? When was this? I don't know. A long time ago, some kid called me a piece of damn on the schoolyard. It's like, all right, I know one swear word, and I'm gonna use I, it. I don't I don't know, man. I kind of like that actually. A piece of damn. <laughs> You piece of damn. I, I might start using that. I've also been called a blah blah head, which was honestly uh, a little more hurtful. I mean, yeah, that's just nasty. Nobody wants to be called that. No. Uh, <laughs> so it drops him another 400 life points. Uh, at which point Joey guesses, huh, she must have been trained by somebody almost as experienced as you, Gramps. Yeah, and Gramps is like, Young lady, what's your name? And she's like, took you long enough. And she reveals that, surprise, surprise, uh, the one other fig- like historical figure we've seen this episode is her grandfather. She is the granddaughter of Professor Hawkins. Yep. The man and... whose blue eyes white dragon you stole and whose friendship you betrayed. And I think she ends that too. I didn't write it down, but I think she ends that too with, and you're going to pay. Yeah. And she points it's like, at you. Something very dramatic. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's the big reveal uh, being like, Hey, this is the granddaughter of somebody that grandpa dueled. So now it's the grandchild against grandchild for a card that doesn't exist anymore, I guess. <laughs> but the stakes could not possibly be lower. <laughs> 
uh yeah so so there it that's is it. That's, to uh, be continued that's... next episode more pointless dueling that doesn't need to actually yeah. be happening the the wrath continues <laughs> uh rebecca too wrath boogaloo yep uh, now you had a note here on something that I did not notice. Do we get a new intro? We might because you know how it plays the intro again over the end credits. It does. Uh, this time I saw a clip that I don't recognize. I don't think I've seen before. Uh, but it played like the regular intro with Yugi like standing in darkness, and then it has this clip of Yugi basically dressed like Doctor Strange. And he has like the millennium eye on his forehead that's glowing. And he's just like oh. in these robes, just like swirling around him with these like primordial magical energies. And the millennium puzzles just like rotating around and moving around. And did I just get sick of the episode and turned it off before this happened? I do not remember this. Well, it's not like we usually have any reason to watch the end credits. But well, sure. Uh, yeah, it's not a Marvel movie. That's a clip I haven't seen before. Huh. Or at least I don't remember seeing it before. Sure. So presumably, well, I mean, that's a cool, that's a cool like new thing to have now that we're basically done with this season, and it's just like filler from here on in. So like, why not do interesting things with yeah, it? Yeah, I sure hope we get more magical bullshit because that would be uh, a thousand times more interesting than a duel with no stakes. uh the next episode i i just looked it up so the next episode is titled the ties of friendship just like that card that yugi got Uh, and it is uh the the conclusion of this duel let me guess he's going to use that card to defeat this little girl i mean yeah can you possibly guess what's going to happen (laughs) next episode uh yeah jimmy what was your favorite part of this episode uh great question uh my favorite part of this episode i think this is the first time we see uh kaiba land i kind of like kaiba land yes yeah even though they don't really need to be there it's kind of it's kind of fun to see kaiba land and see where kaiba gets all his money from with his bootleg dual monsters themed (laughs) entertainment center yeah, no, absolutely. Kaibaland was also my favorite. Uh, just a, a million, a million times over was my favorite. Uh, we get to see bits and, of the interior, and it's like giant statues of all the monsters. Uh, there's like a statue of Saggy the Dark Clown. Um, there's a there's a clip uh, from inside another of the duel arenas, and there's these two siblings, I guess, that are like playing duel monsters, and they. This little kid says, wow, I love Kaibaland, sis. <laughs> and it's like, and it's, that's it, not it, how siblings talk, ever. No. How, like, how <laughs> no, often do you, like, look at your siblings and say, wow, sis, this is great? <laughs> you don't. Uh, I don't. No. I mean, I could try now. Uh, I think if I said that to my sister, she would probably... Probably weird uh, him out. Yeah, it would not be it would not be fun. Uh that would be it would lead to a more serious conversation about whether or not I'm okay, I think. <laughs> uh but yeah, no, Kai, seeing Kaibaland was like really cool because it gives you an idea that like 
yes, Duel Monsters is serious, and yes, Kaiba is very serious, but there's this like whimsical side to it as well, which we don't see for the rest of the series pretty much. Like this is just a hobby for some people, and this is just like a thing to go on vacation to. Yeah. Like it seems it seems very much like a Disneyland California sort of thing. Where it's just like, oh, let's just go for the day. Let's just go to Kaiba Land for the day. Yeah, I don't know if it's even near the same level as Disney's California Adventure. It'd be more like a like a Six Flags or something. But like a Legoland. Yeah, like a Legoland, except instead of any rides whatsoever, it's just you can duel there with holographic. Right, right and that's that's the attraction is is the holographic dueling. Yeah. Which is old hat to you and me, but you know if you were going on vacation like oh that, that's yeah let's go do that let's go see the giant holographs that you can smell yeah the apparently <laughs> this uh technology clearly doesn't exist except within these uh these arenas so it would be pretty cool to uh see even if you're not into dual monsters at all i feel like it would be mm-hmm. cool to check out just to see the holograms which is yeah it's 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 kind of like going to going to japan just to see the giant gundam yeah except you know like not even if you're not in a gundam like that's a cool thing to go see yeah except what if the the gundam could move around and like actually engage in battle right i mean fake battle because it's still a hologram but i mean yeah sure but still i i think that's a lot of fun i also i love seeing kaiba land because our first introduction to it is mokuba working at kaiba land yeah and it's really unclear what his job there is, but it's clear that he does take it very seriously because the same day of him getting his soul back, he's he's back, back there. at work like nothing happened. Does he, he live knows there? their schedule? Do they live at Kaiba be. Land? Could be. Who knows? But he's there. He's working. He, I, I'm assuming he's in charge of scheduling for the dual arenas because he knows the schedule already. Yeah. Do, do the other employees have to answer to this like six-year-old boy i mean i kind of hope that it's like an undercover boss sort of thing like nobody knows about mokuba they're all just scared of seto and so, so mokuba is like the man on the inside yeah he's like a low-level manager uh in terms of like what he actually does in his day-to-day but you know he can still pull rank every now and then i mean yeah but he's still an actual like very young child Oh, the child labor laws are very loose. <laughs> What's here. going on here? Yeah. Oh, I'm, no. Absolutely. This is this is very much not a uh, not a legal setup that the Kaiba brothers are operating under. <laughs> Welcome to Victorian England. Twelve children I mean, are lost every day in the card factories. <laughs> I mean, we are talking about you know a little girl has just camped outside of a game store to challenge an old man to a duel. Like, yeah, after apparently flying there all by herself. Right. I don't think this is a world in which people are worried about the welfare of the younger generation. <laughs> I mean, there are young kids who play uh, card games that are good at them in real life and go to tournaments. And sure. Stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But but running an entire... My... You, you don't put a little child in charge of Disneyland. Yes, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Unless you're you really don't tell... Wonka, apparently. Apparently, yeah. But even then, you have like a mentorship, you know, you get like an apprenticeship program going. No, none of that. Here's Mokuba. He's in charge. And he takes his job very seriously. No days off. 
In fact, he's probably working overtime to make up for the time that he missed. By not having uh, a soul. he had no soul. <laughs> no sick days, Mokuba. <laughs> None. No, big brother. You don't have a soul. That's uh, no excuse. Send your body. <laughs> no, does any- <laughs> no one else in this business has a soul. Why should you? It can't be a soul-crushing uh, crushing job if you don't have a soul. Uh, what is your least favorite part? Just this whole conceit of this episode that this little girl shows up and they have to duel even though they clearly don't have to. It's just, yeah. it's a it's a boring duel and nothing important is happening. Like all the other duels we've seen at least had some stakes to them. Uh, there are various interesting characters. Uh, and Rebecca is not a very interesting character. She's obnoxious. Y- yes. <laughs> it's it's very similar to like, like we've been rewatching Parks and Rec recently. Mm-hmm. And like that show, I mean, like a lot of other shows like The Office or Friends or something, so many of the plot episodes are like person A doesn't want to be honest about something to person B. And that starts this whole layer of shenanigans that are brought up by like them trying to weasel their way out of a lie. Yeah. It's sitcom stakes where all conflict is brought on by people just not talking to each other about stuff that they have no reason to lie about really. Yeah. That's, that's all this episode is really. I feel like now that we're at the end of the whole like central arc, they're just padding for time to fill out the rest of the uh, episodes. They, got uh green lit yeah this is this is absolutely uh twin peaks season two sort of sort of just the middle of season two <laughs> that we're in right now uh where it's just like yeah let's just have uh let's just have uh he's eating a pie for two episodes how about that how about how about some nice shots of him eating a pie yeah i'm looking forward to dungeon dice monsters because at least that's a new concept they're putting these characters in but mm-hmm. this whole episode and i guess the next episode since it's a two-parter for some reason, just don't need to happen. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think really, honestly, this, this episode only exists because they needed to explain them getting back home and they couldn't justify having just a 15-minute episode or a 10-minute episode. Yeah. They had to they had to fit something else in there and then whoops oh an, oh an extra episode slipped in oh man oh bummer they got all the interesting story stuff out of the way like 15 minutes in and then they're like well shit now what do we do uh another duel <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's what they're best at yeah what's your worst same thing my worst no actually no I like I said last week like this episode for whatever reason stuck in my mind more than most. Uh, like I, I remember more of this episode in the next episode than I do even of like Yugi uh, dueling Pegasus. I don't know why. Maybe it's just really? like that was just the timing on when I caught episodes on TV. Um, but this episode, I think the thing that I, is the worst for me is the fact that it's just this episode that we get the Pharaoh's name. And like even that is not really a name. It's like pharaoh okay yeah that's a title Yu-Gi-Oh, which we learn later is also like a title it's like a king of games type title and yami which is the japanese word for shadow 
Is his name Which just is Shadow? Like, well, because well, that's in the in series zero. They, that was the name for the Shadow yeah. Games was the Yami Games. So like his name is canonically Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> I mean, kind they're of. They're both spiky right? he's, and wear black. He's kind of right. Like he keeps getting those guns censored. Uh, <laughs> you know, it 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 all tracks. But I, it just it we've come so far with the the whole yugi yami relationship Mm -hmm. where like they did the mind shuffle thing they like taught each other important lessons they did the two halves of the brain where they met shoddy and like little yugi helped shoddy through the the maze or whatever and just now are we getting to know this person's name yeah and they drop it in the middle of this just completely pointless episode and it's amazing to me too that they drop it like it's nothing, right? Like it's a it's a nothing conversation. It's a minor you plot point. It's it's there's no purpose to it. But they play this straight in what was this? 2001, 2002, like right at the height of like stranger danger television commercials where everyone is like don't give people your real name on the internet. Don't talk to strangers outside. Develop a code word that only your parents know so that if they have to send a friend to pick you up from school, if they don't know the password, you run in the other direction and here's how you run away from cars and here's why you make left turns and like, you you know, like all of that shit happens. But no, sharing your body with a spirit that you don't know the name of is fine. It's cool. Yeah, don't worry about it. No big. So long as it makes you good at card games, whatever. (laughs) Just call them spirit. Right. Just... Just call him the man inside me. If your parents send a spirit to drive your body home, make sure you get his name. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's my worst. I don't know. I just, I, there, there could have been something more done there or less. Yeah. I don't really know which I would have preferred. <laughs> I think, I think them talking about it less would have also been better. But they talked about it just enough that I take issue with it. Yeah, that was a little weak to have this like major plot point just kind of thrown in with the rest of this stuff that they kind of have to wrap up. Yeah, and, it, and it's like a nothing plot point on top yeah, of that, it's too. Just, it's like, all right. They went uh, down a list of stuff they knew they had to come up with. Like, oh, they got home by going with Kaiba. Oh, they got uh, the money. Yeah, um, Grandpa, let's see, he's fine. Uh, the Pharaoh's, the spirit's name is, oh, he's the Pharaoh. Um, continuing on. Uh, how about a duel? Right. Yeah. And like, I guess the the thing that we're supposed to get from that is they kept mentioning the Pharaoh that locked away the Millennium items, and they're insinuating like, oh, Yami Can you is put the two and two together? What Pharaoh? But I feel could like we be? could have put that together like four episodes ago, right? Yeah, at least. And and now getting a name doesn't really reveal anything because it's been long enough since we've talked about that stuff that we're like. Okay, it's cool. He has names, I guess. Oh yeah, his name. That was the thing. Yeah. All right. So, yep. What are you gonna do? All right. Let's do this. Do you know what time it is now? It's time to uh, 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 end the episode. It's, it's time, time to uh, 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 end the episode. Uh, Jimmy, as we do every week, we have a card of the week randomly generated by my list of every possible Yu-Gi-Oh card. Would you like to know what this week's card is? I would is? love to know what this week's 
card is. This week's card is Dark Contract with the Grotesque Entity. <laughs> Dark Contract? Dark Contract with the... I can't even say it. Dark Contract with the Grotesque Entity. I'm just... I'm at Google. It sounds like a porno. I'm... Uh, I wrote out dark contract with the, and there's like a full list of different things you could have a dark contract with. Uh, yes. Witch, gate, eternal darkness, swamp king, entities, yami makai, uh, gate ruling, monopoly seal, swamp king, and insurance. <laughs> I mean, sign me up for the swamp king, honestly. Like, that sounds, that sounds great. Uh, but yeah, Dark Contract of the Swamp King is an interesting... Or, of the Swamp King. Dark Contract with the Grotesque Entity is an interesting card. Grotesque. When a DDD monster, so when a Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives monster... Takes is you to special summoned, <laughs> Is special summoned from the extra deck to your field, except during the damage step, you can activate these effects depending on the monster summoned, once per turn per effect. If it was a fusion card, gain a thousand life points. If it was a synchro card, your opponent cannot target that special summon monster with card effects, even if this card leaves the field. If it was an XYZ monster, you can banish one card from the field or graveyard. If it was a pendulum monster, you can draw one card, then discard one card. Once per turn, during your standby phase, you can take 2,000 damage. So effectively, it waits until you've summoned uh, a card from Flavortown... (laughs) And then does a different thing based on whatever that card was, which is kind of fun. Uh-huh. It makes things a little a little random, which m- might be interesting. Uh, the art, though, I'm looking at it. I've been trying to I, Google this thing, and apparently there's another translation where it's just dark contract with the entities instead of grotesque. Oh, interesting. The literal Japanese so, translation is contract with the grotesque gods or something along those lines. Grotesque. Oh, entities. okay. So yeah, so I'm looking at dark contract with the entities yes, as well, so. and that's yeah, that's that, I think that's the same card. But effectively, what it is is it's like a scene out of um, like Phoenix Wright or something. It's like somebody discovering a clue in a detective game. Uh, it's and like it's Phoenix a, Wright crossed with uh, Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, it looks like a torn Dungeons and Dragons character sheet in like a fancy folio binder with like a leather uh, uh, binding and everything, a leather uh, uh, bookmark, and metal clasps, and like yeah, there's like a candle a off to one side table. Yeah, uh, there's a, a page covered in like ancient and kind of grotesque looking speech, and then but it's a spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, next to it there is the one I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the main paper that, the, the torn paper that this person is touching, there's just a hand coming in to touch it, is just like a monster stats. And there is a monster on there, if you can see it well on yours. Yeah, that must be, that must be the entity. That must be the grotesque entity. And it is pretty grotesque. It looks, I mean, this is like a tiny, tiny shred of paper in this card art but it's like like a white shoggoth i think yeah it's like it's a, it, it's like if you were to remake nightmare before christmas 
like if somebody did a cheap uh nightmare before christmas remake and like tried to make oogie boogie man sexy oh that's not the vibe i'm getting with from this thing at all oh really i I mostly just say that because it's like a skinny oogie boogie man with like a different mouth well several different mouths it's white and it has like three arms coming off of it and it's covered with like four mouths that are like dripping red with blood how are those mouths i my version's really zoomed out i guess those are mouths way in to look at this thing oh it's definitely i'm sorry yeah it looks gross regardless (laughs) yeah dark contract with the entities there it is dark contract with the grotesque entity uh uh yeah there it is all right that's our card of the week uh if you want to get in touch with us you can go to our website heart of the dot cards uh you can email us at you activated my podcast at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter and instagram at y-a-m-p-o-d that's a yam pod y-a-m-p-o-d uh jimmy uh your other podcast new episode just came out yep. uh dungeons against humanity.net uh we just released a new episode um it's getting to the end game so there's exciting stuff happening on a floating island where the the king lives uh yeah check it out we're on twitter and stuff too yep do it it's a dah podcast because they make it to podcast we make it to podcast Uh, dungeons against humanity dot net it's dot com uh no it's dot net uh uh all right am i forgetting anything uh do you want to do a card from the episode no okay (laughs) it's that witch that i'm deciding yeah it's that witch that witch seemed fine the it'll come back up i'm sure next episode it's one of those where it's like it's a blue deck yeah it does you did it or no it's it's a black deck i guess yeah there's sacrifice in there so yeah all right let's end this until next time Now, we'd like you all to leave.